Welcome back to ATBS, the podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Volmerick. Thank you for being here. My guest today is Matt Seiler, and he's back for Situation Fluid Agenda Open, or SFAO number three. The best way to keep up with Matt, other than on ATBS, is on LinkedIn, and his last name is spelled S-E-I-L-E-R. If you are a regular listener, you're familiar with the in-episode ad reads where I ask for your support by becoming a patron. I've never liked the interruption, the lack of continuity, so I've decided to pivot, try some new things. For the month of December, at least, I will not interrupt the episode you're listening to. If you like the podcast, consider becoming a patron. You can do that by clicking the Become a Patron link at atbsthepodcast.com. Thanks. Let's get right to it. Thank you for listening to all things big and small, ATBS, the podcast. My name is Keith Gorman, good friend of Jeff Vollmerich. Jeff's doing some wonderful things. I encourage you to become a patron. Go to atbs.com and click on the patron link. Now back to the program. Matt, welcome back to ATBS, the podcast for SFAO number three. My favorite place to be. I love being in the pod ship. I especially love being in it with you. Thank you, my friend. Indeed. Recording just after Thanksgiving 2020, lots going on in the world for sure. So I know where you are, you know where I am. I'm in the West, you're in the East. We had a little precast conversation about the time of year, which I find to be really, really interesting. I feel fortunate to live in a part of the world where the sun is out a lot being, you know, at whatever, 45 degrees latitude or something, the sun is hanging low in the southern sky. And it feels like the golden hour all day long. Feels so good. And if it weren't sunny, it would be gray and dark and short days and all that. But we're in a big high pressure zone right now in Utah, and it is spectacular. Well, that is your usual wonderfully positive self. I am a little bit strained when it comes to that positivity at this time of year here in Massachusetts, because like, for example, I played tennis at 1230 this afternoon, and it was really hard to play because the sun was already so low then that if you were on the south end of the court, you really couldn't see anything because of the angle. And it's now four and change. And the sun is setting. It's a beautiful way to end the day. But it makes you feel as though you're supposed to start your evening activities well in advance of when they actually should begin. And yeah, I, I probably am referencing a cocktail. Four is a little early for a cocktail. Unless you're planning on going to bed, you know, in the seven to eight range. <laughs> right. Which is a little bit more like hibernating, right? Which is what happens this time of year. It's what the animal kingdom starts to do, right? Like You look at this from a white collar perspective and go, daylight savings, I'm sure, has some merit somewhere, somehow, but it sure as heck doesn't have merit from where I sit. And so you really look forward to that winter solstice because that is that thing to which you can look forward where it's going to start getting better in just shy of a month. And as a transition into our last conversation of COVID and what does it mean and 
as we were doing this early on and imagining what was here for now and versus that which was here for good and which of that was really good, a thing that's fascinating to contemplate is how much that that seemed bad one day feels good in the rearview mirror, as in things can always get worse and you can look back and appreciate how much better they once were. So, for example, at the beginning of COVID, there was that terrible uncertainty, which persists. But at least we had spring and summer to look forward to. It was the positivity that you can't ignore of spring. Blossoms, as we talked about, nature unfolding, summer. We thought it was all going to go away in the summer because everybody's outdoors and maybe the virus can't live with those temperatures. And then when it starts being, oh, actually it's back and it's back worse than it was and you can't really be outside and you're actually going into that fairly long and dark period that for a lot of people isn't all that uplifting anyway and have COVID around for that. It's going to require an awful lot, I think, from us in the human community to help each other out as the days are short and as there's a little bit less to look forward to again in terms of spring, summer for many months now. Agreed. I forget where I was seeing this just in the past 24, 48 hours that we would do well to prioritize community, supporting the community versus self, family. You know, there are plenty of people like you're fortunate your family was together for the holiday for Thanksgiving and everybody's there. And, you know, so that's cool. There are plenty of people that are out there alone, right? And what can we do to reach out and, and be inclusive and check in with people who are probably lonely and dealing, just as you said, with this dark time of the year? It's so true. And there are so many wonderful, resilient people who have found positivity through all of this and who live alone. And even they, with that you know, very stiff upper lip, are starting to, I think, need more of that community and to have people reach out to them when they're getting a little fatigued by keeping positive when it's just a little harder when it's dark and cold. Yeah. It is that difficult time of year where, you know, and I think we are solar powered, right? Vitamin D3 and, you know, there are a lot of good things happen, you know, fortunately with the big ball in the sky that graces us on a daily basis. So yeah, let's reach out. Let's be good to each other and, and support those who, you know, maybe just aren't quite as fortunate as some to be, you know, in community and family and stuff like that. Great little piece right there to start, to open up this third of our Situation Fluid Agenda Open episodes. I love it. I so love that this has happened. I so love what you've done with this podcast. And I hope that all of your listeners appreciate it as much as I know that I do in the community around me. And I hope that they appreciate it enough to become patrons and to share and to become really active participants in the broad community of all things big and small. I love the SFAO and the amount of relevance I find that it has. It certainly did when we took that trip. But as I think about what's required to be successful in COVID, this is a very fluid situation. And you got to be open. You got to have your antennae up. You got to be willing to shift and bend based upon what's happening, which wasn't predictable. And I, I'm so gratified, I think, by us as humans in that positivity and the 
adaptability and the flexibility and the willingness to bend rather than, you know, sitting in a corner with our heads down, really wishing that it would just get over. There are so many positives of it. And we've talked about them in the past episodes. But when I think about it professionally, I was really worried as we were launching a brand new business, which is why I got into the firm to launch this talent management business, but on a foundation of executive search. I wasn't really sure at all that there was going to be much executive searching going on, as in how much hiring was going to happen in a market that seemed to be about dehiring, not hiring. And we have blessedly given that flexibility, adaptability, positivity of the people within the firm and our clients, et cetera. And we've grown about 25% during COVID. We've brought on some phenomenal new talent into the firm itself. We've launched not just the businesses that I run, but another side of the business, which is a leadership and organization transformation business. And I've been fortunate to host two offsites here, again, being in Massachusetts, with just the most positive people who have this can-do attitude. And it's certainly not unique to our firm. It's who we are. But it also makes me reflect upon how many opportunities there are if you're willing to think a little differently. And that people who thought they knew what the path and the plan was, who found divergent paths are doing super well. And those people who only had a very linear view are struggling more. Lots of lessons there. And I think a lot of lessons for people fresh out of school, people graduating into this, not what they were thinking when they were coming out of undergrad or graduate school. I recorded an episode in the past week. It was the What is Yoga episode. And one of the things that was brought up was, you know, that like the word of the year is pivot. And you referenced it with a lot of different words there. But the ability and willingness to pivot based on what we know today, which maybe we didn't know yesterday or we were not aware of, is really, really key. Yeah, that is something that at least in theory, younger people are better at than older people. And there are people of your and my age who are much more set in career paths, who believed, and some continue to believe, that the course that they're on is the right course and there is no plan to deviate from it, nor ability to. But the people that are, again, just emerging into this career get to go, oh, huh, I was sort of thinking this, but let me see, based upon what kind of talent I have, what attitude I have, what's a different way of expressing that? versus the skills that I thought I was honing for that particular path. There's, there's an expression that I borrowed from a colleague years and years ago, which is man plans, God laughs. And again, this is a moment, regardless of whomever your deity or lack thereof might be, somebody's having a big old chuckle at it. Right. Look at these humans. I recorded an episode earlier in the day today with... Dr. Richard Hamilton, you know, we were talking about, he specifically was talking about, you know, what have we learned? 
And it was very much a, a COVID-centric episode. You know, what have we learned? What are the pillars of prevention? So on and so forth. And because this will most certainly not be the last pandemic, there have been three in the 21st century. And we're not that deep into it. So, you know, what have we learned? What can we bring to the party of life? What have we learned about pivoting and being flexible and adaptable? And then there will be things that are thrown at us down the road. Hopefully, you know, we can bring our experiences to that and be better at managing through whatever might come our way. And maybe it will awaken things in people that they didn't know they had in terms of an interest in healthcare, for example and an interest in science and the technology behind things like speedy development of vaccines. You know, there are so many things that people's eyes are open to that they, rightly so, wouldn't have been thinking about a year ago. How fascinating to look at a whole shift in terms of where the attention goes. I read a piece today about is Silicon Valley over? There's so many shifts in what's showing up where. Look at commercial real estate. I jokingly have said for years, where was my dad when I was being advised or when he was supposed to be advising me about what kind of career path to take? Because man, commercial real estate looked awesome. And a couple of my best friends are in it. And they've had really, really successful careers and a very nice sort of quasi-retirement from 40s on. Well, I'm not sure that if you're graduating this moment that commercial real estate looks all that great, except in terms of rethinking it all. What happens to metropolises? What happens when an awful lot of people are thinking that a five-day work week is impractical and intolerable? Look at the world of hurt that WeWork is in because of having way overspended and creating a very confused business model. But think about what the potential for shared workspace would be like now. Don't need to be in the city every day. Probably don't need to pay for an office for all the employees who can be using it more as a, what the term people are using today is hotel. So go in for periods of time, but probably don't put them right next to each other. The hives that were being built probably need more space. But having places for people to go that is a sometime rather than a full time, that's fascinating. There are just so many, so many things that have changed. But the underlying truth is what hasn't changed is a need for flexibility, a need to really understand what excites you and an ability to apply that excitement to perhaps a shifted path. I was having a conversation with the Gormans, good friends of ours, and this was Friday evening, and there are four youngsters in the family, and like between 19 and 25 or 26 or ish. And so a couple of them are in the workplace. One of them is a senior in college. The other is a sophomore in college. And they were all here in Park City. Most of them didn't travel. They've been here. So they've been working remotely from, you know, the family place in Park City. But that family place is rented starting a little before Christmas and pretty heavily through January and February and then available again in March for the family. So we were joking. I was like, so what's your plan? We can be here until at least December 20th. 
don't really know where we're going to go, you know, for January and February. Are we going to go to the West Coast? Are we going to go to the East Coast? Are we going to go back to the family home? Are we going to go? There was just this, yeah, we'll work it out. We'll figure that out. Not really sure. So to your point, and they're in their 20s, right? They flexible. They have good jobs. They have responsibility. They need to work five days a week. They're working remotely. Yeah, where am I going to be? Not that worried about it. Yeah. I so hope that people that can, which is certainly not everybody, but those that can take advantage of not being tied to any specific geography do. The numbers of people that I know that have just gotten in a car and driven cross country that have done a kind of slow wandering walkabout because they've got Wi-Fi, it doesn't matter where they are. They're going to be so grateful for the time that they took out of this rather than feeling as though they needed to be in one place because, well, we always had to be in one place. And so just stayed and did that. And I love that attitude. You know, Mrs. Seiler and I have had a lot of conversation about where do we go? Do we take a couple of months? Do we go January, February, February, March, somewhere out West? Haven't done anything about it because it's really hard to plan anything because you don't really know what's going to be open and what's not going to be open. But, you know, for the most part, things are refundable or indoor insured. The idea that anything is possible is, on the one hand, awesome. On the other hand, overwhelming. It's that burden of overchoice. You know, you go to a restaurant that has too many things on the menu and I'll just have a burger. <laughs> If the Silers get in an RV, we, you know, I want to be, I want to be close by. <laughs> no, let me, let me rephrase that. If Mrs. Siler gets in an RV. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no, I, I know. She's always wanted an Airstream, but that's not exactly the same thing. It's not like getting in one. Plus, I don't think she wants to have an Airstream parked where other people are. Like the idea. <laughs> right, right. The thing about, you know, pumping and stuff like, ew. <laughs> Can you handle that, Matt? Yeah, I'll be elsewhere. But going somewhere, everybody's going. And as I told you, we had our annual and epic kickball game here of 30-something people defying some Massachusetts ordinances, but keeping people socially distant around a kickball field and a fire pit and so on. And so many of them are leaving for Florida anywhere from actually some left today through the month like okay but is that the best you can do <laughs> like florida okay you get to a certain age and you go this is covid you can go anywhere you know within the united states there's less optionality in going abroad but be imaginative be flexible think about what this has meant that you couldn't have thought a year ago yeah right well and i love the advice to the young professionals, right? I had a note here and and this comes from the conversation with the Gorman crew as well. Thank you, Keely, Sophie, McKenna, Sawyer, Keith, the crew, a couple of the girls' uh, boyfriends were there, Chase and Griffin, great people. And, and it was a really cool conversation because we got into an ATBS, the podcast conversation. And I am, you know, really curious about that, that demographic and, you know, what's intriguing to them. One of them uh, I think recommended by you still works for a company that you worked for. She's like, I love the SFAO episodes, partly because she knows you so well. Right. I was asking, well, what do you want to hear on the podcast? They're really curious about 
business and about entrepreneurship and they're young and they're, and they're, you know, they probably won't work for the companies that they're working for right now. Certainly they won't through their entire careers. We've got daughters who are in college and just out of college and entering college and all those things. And, you know, I think for the young, younger set, you know, like, okay, they're learning and dealing the same way we are. And, you know, what can we, not that we can give them all the advice that they need, but it's, it's always nice to share with them. Yeah. You know, it's funny and I love Keely and I'm so happy that I was able to help her and that she's, that was one of the easiest aids to offer because I knew that she was going to be a complete and utter rock star because how could she not be? Right. I love her sort of producing a little bit this episode. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But it's funny because I think so much of the advice that I would give people coming into the workforce hasn't really changed. You know, what it takes to be successful is going to be true almost without regard to what happens in the world around you. Back to that needing to have flexibility, needing to be willing to shift expectations, to jump in where the opportunities are, even if that wasn't exactly where you thought that they were going to be for you. But it's so much about attitude. It's so much about what your parents taught you when you were young, which is looking people in the eye, having a firm handshake. Those kinds of things are absolutely essential. Using your network, which you, know, you Keith, and I are great examples of that, and it's all around us, that so many young people feel as though somehow they shouldn't tap into networks, that they've cheated a little bit if they've done that. They really think that they need to prove that they are capable and they can get things on their own. And that's such a mistake. And I so think that job number one, be flexible. Job number two, use a broader network. (laughs) Job number three, turn off your cell phone before recording. Was that Jeff that did that? Oops. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good knowing that that can happen in the pod ship. Given the text pass out that Thank you. I am as we were, <laughs> but the attitude, the flexibility, but also knowing yourself. And I think that a lot of millennials got a hard time for it seeming to be all about them, that the sort of valley girl perception of going to a job interview, like, yeah, but so what do I get from you? And that was a mistake, and it was probably unfair to a whole generation. But I think that you have to know yourself really well to know what difference you're most likely to make, what's going to excite you most, and then ensure that you can find a way to use that. Find opportunities that are seeking those kinds of differences. So it's very much a give and take. It's a hand in glove. I know what difference I'm most inclined to make. I got to find somebody that's looking to have that difference made so that as you enter into a conversation that likely came from networking, that came from being flexible about opportunities that might look a little different from what you had thought, but it's really understanding yourself and not bending and contorting to try to be something that you're not because you probably won't be all that successful. And I think that along with the probably won't be all that successful is an awful lot of people think that they need to go into career paths that are about making a lot of money. And that isn't necessarily the way to make a lot of money. 
the best way to make a lot of money is to do what you're really good at, what you're really passionate about. And the money tends to follow. And if you go into a career path that seemed as if it were going to be very lucrative, but it wasn't what really interested you, it wasn't really where your skill set lay, you're probably less likely to get that. So I think I'm probably four into what anybody who's a patron will see on Patreon in terms of the lessons on how to get started and how to get started, whether it's different or the same in COVID. I guess the next, if we're now on number five, is to be a lot more focused than I think a lot of people think they should be. Everything you see is around casting a wide net. And it's about being open to any opportunity. And I think that that is right in terms of awareness of things that maybe are shape-shifted away from what you thought. But you shouldn't, I believe, cast too wide in that. I think it's really opposite from that. It's about ensuring you have the right bait on the right hook and dropping it in the right place. Because if you're too broad, then your network can't help you. They know that Jeff's a terrific guy or that Keeley's a terrific woman, and they're happy to make the introduction, but they don't know what they're making the introduction for. They can't say, oh my God, Jeff has an unbelievable ability to draw people out and leads to fantastic conversation. And therefore, if you're looking for somebody to do that, Jeff's your guy. Other than that, you end up with just a lot of nice conversations that lead typically to another nice conversation and then another nice conversation and not necessarily about landing the gig. And landing the gig's about knowing who you are, what excites you, and how that relates to what the opportunity is. That's good advice. That's good advice, Matt. It's funny because I, I do this, you know, part of what I do for brains every day is working with people either in our marketplace, which is a tech-enabled marketplace around matching people with opportunities, or in a longer-term career management. Not a lot of people are good at defining themselves narrowly enough. That people do for themselves what we would never accept in the brands that matter most in our lives, which is we attempt to be all things to all people. And if you attempt to be all things to all people, you end up being or you run the risk of being nothing to nobody. If you think about you know, why we chose the certain brand of car that we drive or the toothpaste that we use or the skis that we ride on or whatever, it's because they've got a really singular point of view. You know what characterizes them. And you can tell people that. And we don't do that very well for ourselves. And you need to be able to do that for yourself. You need to be able to say, I am this and the value in this for you is this other thing. It's about narrow casting. Anyway, I'm preaching. I love that term, narrow casting. I love it from a business perspective. Thank you for being so succinct and doing what you do. I know you do those things regularly, you know, working with people and if if Keely was a producer and, and she wanted to hear some things, Keely, there you go. Um, I think that's the that's the good stuff. I look forward to hopefully Matt getting together and being able to ski together. In that airstream with that very full tank, maybe yeah, if you're willing, we'll we'll have you help us out with, you know, some relief as it were. 
Yeah, we're going to get out there. We're going to find our spot and either find you on our way to that spot or encourage you to come to whatever spot we find. But you and I have talked about this since early on too. The the notion of being in a ski town when the lifts aren't turning, not good, especially for somebody who loves to hike, but not while skiing and loves to ski, but not while hiking. So the idea of being somewhere like, I don't know, Telluride and looking up there Zulu queen and knowing that the only way to get there is with skins on that will just mean not getting there. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And I had a, a good conversation with a, with a dear friend of mine the other day, who's steeped in the ski industries. He runs one of the major ski shops here in park city and over in Colorado. And I mean, there isn't a guarantee with anything, but you know, some people who are running the resorts and the big corporations that are, you know, there, there are two big ones who, you know, manage a bunch of the ski areas, certainly in the Western United States. As per my friend, those people seem very confident that they can keep everything rolling through, you know, March and April. Other people, not so sure, right? Because people travel and then they get together and there's, as we know, there's a ton of stuff going on. So we're just going to have to be flexible. And yeah, there's this whole reservation thing at certain ski areas. And for a while, I was like, well, I haven't even gone to look at it. And then I did the other day. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go skiing on Wednesday. We'll see how that goes. It's very telling that in the first round of COVID, when the numbers were in the 60, 70,000 a day, I didn't really know anyone. Like, it was odd that there could be that, you know, granted, there's 350 million of us. So 60 or 70,000 isn't much in comparison. But still, you'd think you'd know somebody. And they started being, you know, a friend of a friend of a now. Now, I did a, a Zoom call with our leadership right before Thanksgiving, Wednesday, late day. And there were eight of us on the call and two had COVID at that moment. And there are so many kids in our youngest kid, who's the only one still left in college, in her circle who are actually able to be out and about because they've already had it. You know, But it's no longer... I know somebody who knows somebody. It's it's either me or somebody right next to me. Yeah, it's in really close. It is. And so I, I just think that what that will portend for skiing or all things is the numbers are starting to be obvious in how close they are to us. So I hope it all works beautifully. I will come find you, come hell or high water, even if there isn't skiing, because I love doing these podcasts with you, but not as much as I love just hanging and having them not have a end that has to be achieved. Understood. Yeah, we will do it. We will. This is the point in the podcast where, and this is new to me, Matt, and to my listeners. And you mentioned it earlier. You mentioned, you know, Patreon. And, and one of the things I'd love to do is is eliminate ad reads where I'm I'm asking for, you know, support. Trying to figure out how to run a successful podcast is it's an ongoing process, but one of the things I feel really strongly about is can I get rid of that shit because I like to have the conversation and I don't like conversations interrupted any more than anybody else does. So, with that said, I will say thank you for joining me on ATBS the podcast, my good friend Matt Tyler. And for my listeners, our listeners, we are going to jump over to some things big and small, which is the version of the podcast, which is available to patrons who subscribe, who pay a monthly fee of their choosing. I think $5 is the base and you can pay as much as you'd like beyond that. And I heard a great thing on another podcast recently, which is, look, why would you pay for a free podcast? Like, why would you do that? 
And he said something like, well, be rebellious and go ahead and pay something for the free podcast so that other people who maybe can't afford to pay can continue to hear a wonderful free podcast. Those were his words. So Matt, thank you for being on ATBS, the podcast. We're going to jump over to some things big and small, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that are just going to be there for patrons. Awesome. Maybe some of those six lessons to be followed and perhaps more. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you being here, Matt. Always my pleasure, Jeff. Thank you for listening to ATBS, the podcast, and this SFAO episode with Matt Seiler. I encourage you to follow Matt on LinkedIn. Again, his last name is spelled S-E-I-L-E-R. Until next time, remember to share a kind word and maybe reach out to someone who's alone. It goes a long way.